Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Reds Unrestricted podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Boxham, and I'm joined by Dan Club to discuss Liverpool's defeat against Nottingham Forest um, and to also preview Wednesday's game against Ajax. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Um, Dan, I don't know about you to, to kick things off, but um, I'm sick of talking about Liverpool Football Club and losing football games. Well, yeah, unfortunately, Chloe, it's kind of our job to do so. Um, me and you in particular are making a habit of having this conversation, unfortunately, aren't we? Um, yeah, really disappointing, really frustrating. Um, all of the above, really. Like we just only thought we turned the corner as well, wasn't it? I think more frustratingly, we thought we were kind of seeing the light in terms of our form, and then we come crashing back down to earth with probably the worst performance of the season, to be honest. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was the most annoying performance of the season for me. Um, do you have a, a three-word match review? Um, to be to be fair, there's there's a lot of words I could put together that are just really unhappy, not aggressive, but just disappointing words that I could put in a sentence. Yeah. Um, do you have your three word review for us? Yeah, I mean, as you say, Chloe, there are loads of words, really, loads of sort of unambitious and negative words you could use to describe that performance. I think, I think toothless, lethargic, and disjointed would be my three because. It just felt, and I said this actually when I seen the starting 11, like no disrespect to absolutely any of the individuals involved in that starting 11 because they've all got qualities and they're all high-class footballers. I just felt like it wasn't an 11 I ever thought we'd play and it kind of showed in the performance because it looked like they never played together, it looked like they never even thought about playing together. It was just a little bit lacking rhythm, a little bit off it at times and yeah, uh, just a frustrating, disappointing one I reckon. Yeah, um, I think for me, I'd, I'd say a backward step, but it is literally yeah. rock bottom at the moment. You are losing to the you know, worst team and the bottom team in the Premier League after you've beaten, in the space of you know less than a week, Manchester City, you obviously beat West Ham. And then you, you, you go into a game where you're facing the bottom side in the Premier League table. And even with injuries, there's enough players on the pitch um, to, to get through that game and to just battle it out. I didn't see any battles won. Um, what did you think was the main problem with our performance and why did you think we lost the game? Yeah, I think we just lacked a little bit of creativity, to be honest. I think I spoke about sort of not looking like we played together and didn't have that sort of cohesion in the side. I stand by that. And I think injuries are definitely a factor. Um, there's no denying that, really. And listen, we've played three games in the space of six days. Like That's going to take its toll at some point. So I think the actual level of performance didn't really surprise me. But you're right in terms of the lack of desire and the lack of sort of willingness to want to go and win the game. Like, we only really created chances from set pieces. But I think that all boils down to a real lack of creativity on the pitch. Like We all know... You know, two of our most creative and probably, in my opinion, our actual most creative players are Thiago and Trent Alexander-Arnold. And neither of them start the game. Obviously, Thiago is actually not even there on the day because of his ear infection. And I just think without those two, we looked really short of ideas. Um, it was a sort of 
it was a workmanlike side, I think I described it as, which probably illustrates why our chances did come from set pieces, because we were never likely to carve open a well-organised Nottingham Forest team who sat back and said, go on then, what are you going to do? Like, try and break us down. We were never likely to do, to achieve that. So I think that's why we did look so toothless and just so just had an inability to do anything magical. There was one moment in the first half where I think Harvey Elliott finds Carvalho over the top and Carvalho does brilliantly well to bring it down. But outside of that, can you really remember anything significant that Liverpool did in attacking sense? No, aside from big set-piece moments, no. And and the, the problem is, is I just didn't think we had a, a plan B or a, a different route that we could take. I mean, you could tell from the first half alone, we had absolutely no width. Carvalho was playing basically as a 10, Mm. and it wasn't working. Everyone was on top of each other. They've just put a block of 11 players, lads, in front of you. Don't don't make the pitch smaller. Make the pitch bigger. Pull them out. Create the spaces. And usually when we do that, it's by us consistently recycling the ball and moving them from side to side. We didn't really do that. We lost the ball quite a lot, you know, only just in the area when we'd, like, pushed up. We were getting counted quite a lot in, in that first half, especially um, when someone would, you know, just take far too long on the ball and, and they'd get a foot in and then they'd be away. But my problem was, was you could see the problems in the first half. You were hoping... I mean, at the game, I was hoping Jürgen Klopp was, was going to go in there and wake them up and shake them up and, you know, make sure that they, they were just... They had clear ideas on a football pitch. And they came out in the second half and it was more of the same. And I, I think I've mentioned already this to you. When he brought Oxlade-Chamberlain on, I cannot understand. I absolutely love Jürgen Klopp. But some moments, I, I, can't, I can't understand the Milner substitution, to be honest. I think Milner was fine. If you bring in Trent on, try him at right wing. Try him at, I mean, even if you are going to put him at right back, take Fabinho off and put Milner in that midfield too. Fabinho was the worst player on the football pitch for me. Um, and when he brought Ox on, I was like, yes, finally. We've been screaming to get some width into this team. He's going to go on either the right wing or the left wing. He's going to get in behind. He's going to do the overlapping runs to Robertson or Trent has enough time to whip a ball in. And instead, he ended up behind Salah and Curtis Jones got moved to the left wing. And I, I was just begging for us to show Nottingham Forest something else, mm. something a little different. So they had to adapt in game. Yeah, 100%, Chloe. I think you're right in sort of we never really shifted them about. We were just careless all the time in possession. Like even when we did have sustained periods of, of play and we did look like we were sort of building up ahead of steam, we were never sort of we were never clinical enough. We never it never happened fast enough. They were always in shape and yeah, it just one then one of them afternoons really where nothing we tried clicked. But I do think you're right. I think we didn't try and be creative enough. We didn't <coughs> Klopp didn't really change the system at any point and we spoke about this earlier on today, and I think we are lacking natural width for the moment. There's absolutely no two ways about that because our wide players are injured. I know we're going to come on to injuries in a minute, but your Louis Diaz's, your Diogo Jotters, and people like that who can offer and do naturally want to stay wide and will will do that role. 
they're not around. And Fabio Carvalho and Harvey Elliott operating on either wing. And Curtis Jones, when he went out there as well, both of them want to come inside. Both of them want to be inverted. And both of them want to, you know, get in front of the goalposts, if you like, and make things happen from just outside the 18-yard box. And Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was an opportunity because he is someone who has played a lot of football out on the wing. He was a player whereby you're right, you thought, he can come on, he can offer something different. But Klopp just went like for like, which was strange. And his substitutes have left a lot to be desired at times. I get he's a little bit sort of hamstrung in terms of what he can do this season, especially at the minute because of all the injuries. But there was an opportunity missed there where he could have done something different. Um, I think even Salah, like I know people have been screaming to get Salah central. But for me, his he was an opportunity. He was a player who could have offered us that natural width and he could have isolated Nico Williams, perhaps at times, out on the left-hand side or, or our right-hand side as we were attacking and stuff like that. And it never happened. He was always in that congested area that you speak about and never really had a chance because of that, I don't think. I, I get we want to get him in front of Goldmore and he's clinical and he's all the rest of it, but some games you have to be a little bit smarter about how you go about it. And I don't think we were on Saturday. No, yeah, you, you, you could simply have just for the last 20 minutes put, put Salah on the right, put Ox on the left, you know, stuck with Firmino on the pitch mm, yeah. um, and, and seeing what you could you could have made of it. You could have gone back to the 4-3-3, I, I'm not too sure. I just thought doing a like-for-like like and putting players out of position was just a bit odd. And, and that's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you about the substitutions. It was very much on Wednesday night against... West Ham, the substitutions he made, it felt like he knew he was already going to make them around yeah. that time before kickoff. I think, for whatever reason, maybe it's because we've got to manage players' minutes or whatever. I think he already knew earlier on that day before kickoff what subs he was going to make, no matter what way the game went and how much time they needed to be, because. There is uh, some of the changes I don't understand, but Ox, I just genuinely can't understand why he's playing in the, you know, kind of 10, but also kind of matching Salah role when we've had absolutely no space in the middle of the park. Um, it, it all felt like instead of actually going for the game, we did what was best for Ajax midweek and bringing players back, which it's all right saying that, you know, if you scruff a 1-0 win, but, but mm. we've lost. We needed to win that game. Absolutely. And we very nearly, you know, we could have easily done the same in midweek against West Ham. Like, those changes that you mentioned, the ones he made sort of on the hour mark, they were pre-planned. There's no getting away from that. Like, I was on, I was watching that game, obviously, and I kind of said, I thought, he wants to make changes at some point during this football match, but the game has to be wrapped up before he can. I thought it's got to be 2-0. It's got to be 2 or even 3-0 before he can do what he wants to do. And he didn't. He did it anyway at 1-0. And it was precarious. And we got away with it because we seen the game out. West Ham didn't pose a massive threat. But there were still risky changes because it did weaken us. And it was very similar. On Saturday, it was like he had players he knew he had to use. And he knew he could only use certain players for an hour. And I, again, I get it's it's hard because the... He doesn't want more injuries. He doesn't want to overwork players. And he has to bring players back to fitness. But at the same time, for me, the priority has to be winning football matches. And if you're sort of foregoing your ability to do so by making subs, that isn't healthy. That isn't a strong position to be in. Like, 
again, same on Saturday. If we were 3-0 up at half-time against Forest or 2-0 with 20 minutes to go or whatever it may be, then you make your changes. Then you can say, right, he needs a rest, he needs a rest, he needs a rest. Instead, you know, we're chasing a game or we're hanging on to a game like the West Ham case. And he's making these pre-planned changes. And it's it's costing us, quite frankly. Like, I don't know who's saying he's got to do it or who's advising him. It's clearly the medical staff. I know we haven't got a doctor at the moment, so that might not be helping matters. But, yeah, it's a really fine balance. And I don't want to criticise him too much for it. Because, listen, if he doesn't do it and he gets more injuries, then it's even worse. I'm fully aware of that. But at the same time, it has it nearly cost us on Wednesday because we end up just about getting over the line one nil against West Ham, and then on Saturday we we're not able to chase the game because we've weakened our side in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I guess we've got to look at the injuries because I, th- I think there was the, the stat that I read actually after that game was like we've had nineteen senior mm. players out, and it's only October, which you know you've, you've got to have some really bad luck um, to, to have that happen. But there is also this other side where you've just had a summer transfer window. Um, you've brought Galvin Ramsey in, who, who, you know, a young prodigy, hopefully going to have a lot of potential and, and reach the heights we all think he will. But he comes in, gets injured. Um, there's, there's screaming for a midfielder all over the place. Um, and we've had injury situations in the midfield. And we've also got players who just aren't stepping up anyway in the midfield. Um, you know... We we bring in Nunes, who I actually like. I think, you know, give him a couple more game time. Um, I, I reckon he could have been the difference maker against Nottingham Forest because I think that's your plan B. I think you whip balls into the box and you say, yeah, go and occupy those defenders. Go and win the ball, win knockdowns, go and hold it up for us. I, I really do think he, we missed him on against Nottingham Forest. I mean, we bring in a couple of players here and there, but when you're looking at injuries, I mean you've missed out on, on maybe spending big and signing a different player or bringing in someone who can do your job for, you know, decent money, not a lot of money, but who, who can come in and do something. And instead, on, in, a, in a panic bar, you get Artemelo from Juventus who hadn't played a game in over 100 days um, because of injuries. Someone who we don't really know much of because of his injury status. Mm. He's came in and... He's, he's, you know, he was available for what twenty minutes of a, a Napoli game where we were yeah. like four 0 down by the time he came on, and then he's not being available. We can talk about injuries, but I think that also brings in the transfer window, which we we don't want to talk about anymore. But it is a case of we like putting our eggs in one basket. It's it's just mm. that simple, um, and I'm really surprised what we're going to do in January. Hopefully, we'll we'll have players by then because of the World Cup and everything. Do you reckon we need to buy someone in January, even when we do have all the players back? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's absolutely no way, no two ways about it. Like I felt we needed a midfielder in the summer. You know, we did we did numerous shows on here and other places saying Liverpool have to strengthen the midfield. Like uh, the, we've got numbers in the midfield in terms of bodies, but the problem with with half of them bodies is they're very injury prone. Naby Keita and Oxley Chamberlain, the two main protagonists behind that. You could even throw Curtis Jones into that conversation. So it's all well and good when you look on paper and say, oh, they're good players then. They offer this, this, this and this. Which is what Jurgen Klopp does a lot. He says, oh, I have this type of midfielder and that type of midfielder. And, that. and he does. But the problem is, is they're injured the majority of the time, some of them. So 
I think most people could have probably seen that coming. Um, whether it's a loyalty thing with Klopp, I'm not quite sure. Whether it was putting all the eggs in one particular basket and that wasn't available to happen this summer, I don't know. But I said it. I said it earlier. Like the problem is with Liverpool's strategy when you put your eggs in one basket is you either end up with Virgil Van Dijk five months down the line who ends up being an absolute world beater. Or you end up having to panic by Artemelo on deadline day. And that's not a criticism of Melo, but for all the things you just outlined there in terms of his lack of games, his unavailability, the fact his career hasn't quite taken off as you'd have expected to, you know, he's a risk. He's a massive risk. He comes in, he's unfit, quite clearly unfit. And then he picks up an injury because he's trying to catch up on his fitness. It's it's ended up being a bit of a mess, really, from a transfer perspective for Liverpool and in the midfield especially. Um, and I think what's made it worse is that I think we all kind of thought we needed someone to help Fabinho and to cover for him, give him a rest. And I thought it would be like an understudy to Fabinho, perhaps, who came in. Um, Chiuameni would have been the ideal candidate for that. But it turns out, given Fabinho's form or lack of it, that we might have actually needed a replacement for him. Like, he's been that poor recently. And I'm one of his biggest fans. Like, you know that. Lots of people know that. But, yeah, he's been miles off it, quite frankly. So, and the problem is as well, moving forward and looking ahead to January, is if you don't do it in January, you're asking for a huge summer. Like, you could be turning over six, seven, eight, nine players in one summer. So, I think starting that in January, if you can, in terms of maybe selling one, maybe a navigator, an Oxley Chamberlain, someone like that, and then getting a replacement in, just starting your work early. We've seen it when we signed Diaz. It wasn't planned, but it ends up happening. And it gave him a little run at the team. And we've seen him hit the ground running this season. You could do the same with midfielder in January. You go get your right guy in January, maybe a comrade Lima who's out of contract in a few months' time anyway. You sign him, pay an amount for him, not crazy money because of his contract situation, get him through the door, get him some minutes, get him acclimatised and you move on. Otherwise, you're talking, it comes to June and you might have five lads walking off and you might need to bring six or seven in. That's a big old transition. Like We think we're in a transition now. Imagine it when that happens. Yeah, for once it feels like Liverpool probably aren't doing the business correctly and, and that's you know, it's quite shocking to say because we're the team that have brought in players who are decent and have got high ceilings and we've made them absolutely world class. Um, and it, it, it's a bit mad to see how we've let an injury situation or just, you know, the we've not refreshed the squad enough, I don't think. And I think Pep Guardiola said it in an interview. He was asked, how does he keep going and how does he get the same players to keep going again? And he says, you have to refresh the team every single year. Um, and I, I'm not too sure we've done a lot of that um, throughout the past four or five years when we've actually challenged. And it now leaves us in a, in, in a place where we've played five away from home and we've not won a single game. I, I think it's from 15 points, we've won a possible two. How... Uh, first of all, do you are you 100% positive we're going to get, you know, top four? And the other question is, how concerning is our away form specifically right now? And what do we need to do to ensure that Ajax midweek, it's an away game, you take the sting out of that game for the first 20... I don't care what you do, pass mm. it round your back four, mm. make sure that you silence and bore that entire stadium 
because the game management is what is needed right now. Yeah, and that's something we've lacked a lot, isn't it, this season? Um, for various reasons, whether we conceded early or conceded just before half time, or lots of different things. Quite frankly, um, just on top four, I'm not 100 percent certain we can get top four. I'm 100 percent confident we've got the ability to do so because we've seen it with this weekend's results that teams who are hunting for that top four are exactly the most consistent teams in the world. The the year we lost all our centre backs, the COVID year, we got top four despite being absolutely miles off it at times. like I think we were about eighth going into the last 10 games of the season, put together a 10-game unbeaten run, and we were there. That just shows you the sort of levels of consistency or inconsistency, rather, that that are around that sort of neck of the woods in the league. So I'm still very confident we are capable of doing it. Um, our away form is, is clearly a concern, um, especially in the league. Obviously, went to Rangers and did okay up there, but yeah, the league away form has been been abysmal. Really, we yet to win a game, which is unheard of, really. And I think it's one of them sort of anomalies. And the more it doesn't happen, like when we go away next, I think it might be Tottenham, for instance, in the league. If we don't win there, you suddenly go, oh, you know, it's another one. And then it just starts to mount. Like the narrative around it gets louder and louder, and it becomes a thing then. So. We need to put that to bed as soon as possible and, and doing so on Wednesday night will be really important. But I think you're right. I think what is so important about any away game, but particularly one in Europe and particularly one when we're a side that has a tendency to concede early goals, I'd be tempted if I was us just to say, do you know what? We're not conceding for 20 minutes. We did it against City in many ways. We just went back to basics a little bit and said, we're not going to concede the first goal. We're going to keep it tight. We're going to silence your supporters. We're going to get our supporters behind us, which is what we did at Anfield, obviously, but we could do the same away from home. And we're going to battle. We're going to work hard. We're not going to try and be too flashy. We're going to get into shape. You're not going to score for 20 minutes. And then we'll play our football from there. This could be another one of them because it's going to be raucous. They're going to be up for it. This is their last chance, really to make the knockout phase. Otherwise, it's Europa League football for them. This is a must-win game for Ajax. Like, I think a point does it for us. Napoli are through. Like, this is it. So, Ajax are going to be gunning for us. They're going to come flying out the traps and we're going to have to react to that. And let's face it, we haven't done that very well so far this season. No, if there's one thing that Liverpool can't stand so far this season, it is being under pressure. Um, we just look like panic stations every time we're under any sort of pressure. Um, and, and let's hope that doesn't happen against Wednesday. We'll obviously, you know, I'll get you starting line up and, and everything. But hopefully, Jürgen Klopp did say we should have Thiago back available and also Nunes, which which will give us a good boost. Um, but what do you think the Reds, I mean, we're going into a totally different environment. We're going in an away game. Um, it, it, at Ajax Stadium it's going to be an unreal atmosphere what can we take from the home leg that can help us a little bit because I mean we, we can see the goal which is a really well built up goal but it's also extremely frustrating it was just a goal where you knew instantly yeah they're going to score that we relied on you know Joel Matter to get us a last minute winner mm-hmm. um, we didn't create loads we were, we were better than what we had been, you know, with the other games in and around that time. But we were still relying on a last-minute gas winner from a centre-half to actually get us mm. the win. 
Yeah, we were. Yeah, you're right about the Ajax goal, by the way. It was a really nicely worked and well-taken goal. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a vintage performance, but any stretch of imagination. We did have a lot of joy all night from set pieces, um, which is ironic given what we were speaking about earlier in terms of the Forest game. But I think that was more Ajax struggling to deal with the Van Dijk's and Joel Matip for this world. I don't think they had the, the physical presence or the ability to cope with that. So that could be something else that we look to rely on as well in in Amsterdam this week. But yeah, I think Ajax are a very well-organised, well-drilled side and you know they're going to want to dominate the ball. I always think when you play against teams that come from you know lesser leagues, with all due respect to the Eredivisie, that they're going to want to play their football. They're going to want to have possession and be sort of the driving force in the game. But it's not that easy when you play against a side from a different league, like the Premier League like Liverpool at their best. Um, so I think we could really frustrate them in terms of if we manage to keep the ball and don't let them settle into their rhythm and don't let them be the side that they want to be. Um, and I do think we have that extra quality. I think that proved to be the case at Anfield because even though you're right, it wasn't a brilliant Liverpool performance. It was better than some of the ones we'd seen at the time. And sort of in the lead-up to the goal, we were the ones being the aggressor like it was 90% all us and it felt like if anyone was going to win it it was going to be Liverpool so yeah I, I'm confident that we can go there and get the result that we need but at the same time listen Liverpool's away form is poor and Liverpool's away form in Europe even under Klopp isn't great so it's not a game that I'm massively looking forward to. Are you concerned that there's, there's going to be any hangover from the results against Nottingham Forest because I mean it was absolutely abysmal to watch. It was embarrassing mm. to to lose to... I mean, fair play to Nottingham Forest. They could have had two or three goals. Um, and I think they deserve to win based off how much they put into the game. Liverpool just went at the races. Yeah, we created some set pieces where we should have scored from. But we didn't put it in the back of the net, so that's our fault. Are you worried that, you know... There's been times this season where I've wanted a reaction from us and I've not mm. quite got it. Do you reckon there could be another situation where we just don't get another reaction? I mean, I certainly hope not. Like, while you were talking there, I was thinking, no, we, sh- we should be desperate to react. We should be desperate to get back out there and sort of prove that these players do still have the fight, ability and desire to go and win games of football. Because I don't really doubt that. I'm not one to do so, but... I get why people would question it after the weekend and a few other performances this season. Like, I really do understand it. Um, but, yeah, I, I look at it in a positive sense. And these players, like Andy Robbo spoke after the game on the weekend. It's like, we we put everything into it. I'm not entirely sure they did. But they should want to go out there and they should want to put everything into it times two and just absolutely die for the shirt. Like, we say it all too, ta- all too often. It's a bit of a cliche, but... And 99% of the time, they don't need to because they're good enough to win games of football in cruise control, or they have been anyway. They're not right now. And they need to find a way of winning games of football when they're not at the best. And they've got to start straight away because, listen, if we don't get the result that we need, all of a sudden, we'll look at a nasty game against Napoli to finish the group again. And no one needs that. No, we don't, especially after, you know, them dismantling Ajax as well. Mm. It it really doesn't look well for us. We need to get the job done and dusted. And you know what? Then Napoli, I really just don't care what you do against them. 
put the under 21s out if you really want to. I mean, I am going to be paying for a ticket to please, you know, at least make it a little bit worth me while. Huh. And if you need to rest every single player on that pitch, do it. I don't care as long as yeah. you make, as long as you get the job done against Ajax in Amsterdam on Wednesday. And, and that's what we need to do. Um, I'm going to ask you what, what changes Jürgen Klopp should make. So I'll ask you what your starting 11 is then for this week's game. Yeah, so it's a difficult one, really, in a lot of senses. But I've I've gone with obviously Ali in goal, man the match on the weekend, by the way. Um, I've brought Trent back in. I've stuck with Joe Gomez, the Virgil Van Dijk as our centre half partnership. I'd love to have Ibu Kanate in there, and I think he's going to be close. I think he's going to be there or thereabouts in terms of the squad. Um, we'll know better sort of tomorrow and, and Wednesday, obviously. But I don't think so. I think it's going to be Gomez and Van Dijk. I go Robertson at left back. Thiago and Henderson in the midfield too. I think we need to pull Fabinho out again. I, I don't think we can sort of persist with him. It's not doing him any favours. Um, then it'd be Salah, Firmino, and I'd go Curtis Jones from the left-hand side. Um, I thought he did okay, actually, against Forrest. He came in for a lot of criticism, but I thought he did all right. And I think that sort of left-hand side of a three would suit him um, from that slightly deeper role. So... I'd go with him. And that's not to say I've not been unimpressed with Carvalho. And I'm leaving Harvey Elliott out, who's been a contender for player of the season for me so far. But I just think balance-wise, I think Salah, Firmino and Jones is, is the one. And i go Darwin Nunes as the focal point of the attack. Yeah. Uh, did you say you were putting Trent in at right back? Or yeah. Yeah, yeah, Trent. Trent back in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know what? I'm... I, I remember the first game of the season where I expected a reaction. Uh, we drew 2-2 with Fulham. Mm-hmm. They were pretty much all over us. I mean, we had chances, but the individual errors were just absolutely horrific. We weren't at the races. I expected a reaction. We then played Crystal Palace at home, drew 1-1. There was absolutely no reaction there. We were a little bit better, but, you know, it, it wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. I then expected a reaction from there. And we go and lose 2-1 to Manchester United away from home. Yeah, we bounce back with a 9-0 over Bournemouth. But I'm not utterly convinced I can actually take any value from that game of football um, so far into the season. Because I've not really seen... I've seen it in glimpses of, of that. And also Bournemouth, you could just say it was a bad moment for them. They, they got Scott Parker out of there and they've been better since. Um so I've I've not seen Liverpool thoroughly bounce back. As I mean, we we play Napoli and then obviously we we win against Ajax. But there's a Wolves game there and the Chelsea game there that's postponed. And then I think it's like an international break. And then we come back and you draw three three against Brighton. We need a reaction, and mm. I want the players to be angry at the performance and the results against Nottingham Forest. Um. Because they'd created themselves a foundation, they'd built it up. We started to get going, and I'm sick and tired of saying the phrase, "This is the you know the turn in our season." It's a starting point. Our season starts now because you know three games down the line, you're saying it again because mm. we we've we've stumbled again, um, and it's a case of Liverpool just happen to to really dig deep and get through it. Um, I'd like to see Ox. I don't think he's ready, sadly to play 90 minutes um, but I'd like to see what he offers us um, I, I think Harvey Elliott if he can go again he, he's probably one of our better players against Nottingham Forest if he can go sure um, Darwin Nunes 100% slots back into that team um, 
it's if Tiago is ready, you put Tiago in there, and I'm partnering with Henderson. Get Fabinho as far away from that football pitch as you can at the moment. Um, mm. give him the rest that he needs or whatever, because for whatever reason, mentally, physically, he's really not there on the football pitch. Um, and and let's hope the Reds can get a big win um, and and secure themselves, you know, a last 16 spot in the Champions League. Make this the distraction from whatever the hell is going on in the Premier League at the moment. Mm. Um, I'll ask you before we go to just uh, give me your predictions and and let's hope that your predictions are in the favour of of Liverpool progressing. Yeah, they're going to be, yeah, but I don't think it's going to be pretty... I don't think it's going to be easy, um, but I do think we'll just prevail on the day. I, I go for a 2-1 Liverpool win. Um, like you said earlier, it doesn't really matter how it comes about at this stage of the Champions League. Just get the job done, get it sewn up, and then give the lads a, a day off for uh, match day six. Yeah, 100%. I was going to say 2-1, and then I thought, do I trust my defence to only concede one goal? Maybe mm. not at the moment. Maybe a 3-2. Um, just give me a victory. I do not care how it comes about. I don't care who scores it. It could be the scruffiest own goal from Ajax that you've ever seen. Just Liverpool get us over the line. Um, mm. I don't know about you, Dan, but I have never, ever, ever liked international breaks or ever wanted the season to finish. And let me tell you, I've never been so excited for a break in football than I am at the moment. Um, yeah. And I just hope that on either side of that break, we have a little run of form because there's only three weeks to go. There's only three Premier mm. League games to go and two Champions League games to go there. Yeah. Um, so let's really hope that that we come out with a last 16 place come Wednesday night. Uh, but that has been the Reds Unrestricted podcast. Uh, if you did like it, please do give us a rate and a five stars on Spotify or whatever platform you are listening to this on. Um, and let's hope that the Reds somehow turn it around, give us something um, to, you know, be positive about and hopefully give us something to, a a goal to achieve at the end of the season. But yeah, that has been the podcast. Uh, Hopefully the Reds get through on Wednesday night. Till the next one now, up the Reds.